Welcome to the Texan Overtime Podcast. I'm Auction Merchandani. I'm the social media editor and associate sports editor for the Texan. I'm back. Yeah, look who decided to show up. The creative process has been restored. Who do you think you are, Kanye? I, I'm $53 million in debt to bring you this <laughs> podcast, so America. Are, are, are we about to drop a gospel podcast? Is that what's about to happen? This podcast is a God dream. <laughs> is it's, it everything? It's everything. That's enough Kanye talk. Okay. As we can see... Uh, joined by Nick Castillo, the associate managing editor for the Texan, who filled in for me last week. Nick, how are you doing? Doing all right. And joined by Jacob Martella, as always, the sports editor for the Texan. Jacob, do you have any Life of Pablo thoughts? Not really. That's way out of my realm. Well, we'll move on then. This is a podcast where we like to mix in some pop culture, as we can as we can see. Sometimes, you know, we like to just mix in some Kanye talk, and that's okay. Well, but yeah, now... That's how you want to talk about, not anybody else than, other than Kanye. That's true. You're not wrong. Anyway, moving on. We're already off track. Uh, Club Irwin talk and uh, men's hoops talk is on the docket today. Uh, what are we, the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court? <laughs> Things no. are on the docket. <laughs> I like to think we're a little more fun than the Supreme Court. I think we can all agree on that. Anyway, Texas basketball played a game yesterday, if you want to call it. Big if true. If you, if you want to call it that. For, for those of you that weren't at the Irwin Center or didn't watch it on TV. You Texas, didn't miss much, to You be didn't honest. miss much. Texas lost 78-64 to Baylor. It wasn't even that close. And uh, I'm trying to figure out who had a worse day yesterday, Shaka Smart or Jeb Bush? Well, luckily for Shaka Smart, he's playing another day. That's true. Uh Kansas State's up next. We'll get to that in a little bit. But talking about Baylor, it was just all three of us were there from the very beginning. When they turned the ball over three times on their first three possessions, you kind of knew that it was going to be a rough night. And they did the same thing against West Virginia. But And it took Eric Davis becoming a fireball from the three-point line to sort of get their offense back on track. There was no such spark yet on Saturday. And they were manhandled in the paint. They were, everything that went wrong, went wrong. So I guess just, and in front of a sellout crowd at that. So I guess just general thoughts on what we saw yesterday, or whatever that was we saw yesterday. Nick, you can... Bad bad basketball? Bad basketball. I think that just does enough to explain what happened yesterday. I mean, three turnovers immediately, they go up six, they never give up the lead. And Texas just looked... They looked disinterested. They did look disinterested. Which is bizarre in late February in the middle of a of a conference race. Not that they're going to win this conference, but you beat Baylor and you're you're in better position. Well, they came more. off beating West Virginia, exactly the number ten team in the country. So I and what was even more surprising was that it was at home where they're really good, and we'll get to that. But I would I would guess the the biggest one of the biggest issues was the fifty points that they allowed in the paint. Uh, Jonathan Motley, Baylor's forward, was twelve of thirteen for. 24 points who if he doesn't miss a shot he goes 12 for 12 yeah and it's and prince ebay got into foul trouble early he's texas defensive anchor and they relied on shaquille claire a lot at the five who had a nice offensive game i think it was his best game of the it was definitely 14 points a career high for him yeah the team in points if that shows and how bad (laughs) yesterday was (laughs) shaq claire shouldn't be your leading scorer he was definitely it was that he was the only one that could consistently get easy buckets for Texas against Baylor's zone, and uh, but on the other hand, that means Shaquille Claire is going to be in a lot defensively, 
which yeah. didn't go well, as we see by Jonathan Motley's and Torian Prince's stat line. We see the good thing about Clear is he can handle the ball. Prince eBay puts the ball on the floor and bad things just happen. When they try and run Prince eBay post moves, I have to like look down or look away because it's just he gets the ball on the block and he tries dribbling and I'm like no 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 uh, you're alley oops and dunks that's what you do no no post moves but they triple teamed him yesterday their defense was just so bad that Baylor shot 62.7% from the field they only took 5 threes and Shaka Smart said it well in that if you're scoring inside at will there's no reason for you to take threes but it's pretty wild that in today's game of basketball a team can only take 5 threes make 2 and win by 14 points and should have been more i mean they scored 50 in the paint i i I can't figure out what was worse was it texas offense or texas defense Ooh, that's that's a tough one Uh, texas ended up shooting a respectable percentage from the field i think it was like 41 ish percent but but they were also garbage from the three-point line speaking of that so baylor's zone which they played really well in waco Gave them all sorts of trouble yesterday. And when you talk about the zone... What, did they give him trouble? Did they even really try to go against the zone? They just passed it back and forth all game. So here's where where I'm leading to this. The only person on Texas's roster who can go beat a zone like that is Isaiah Taylor because of his speed, because of his ability to get to the rim and, and suck the defense in and kick out, which is something I think he's done really well recently is just getting to the hole and kicking out for for open shots which have been falling recently in fairness to him texas had some open looks from three yesterday and didn't knock him down but my problem was that isaiah taylor yesterday didn't he's the only one that can beat the zone and he just didn't he He didn't make the effort to go in and try and make something happen it's amazing what the offense can do when he does this thing where you know he drives to the basket and scores some points and opens up the offense it's a novel concept. <laughs> he and should do it more often. It's been efficient for him. And he had 10 points, three rebounds, four turnovers. I mean, he's got to be the one that gets to the hoop and kicks out, which he's done a you know, a decent job of recently, and yesterday he didn't. Um, and he and Javon Felix talked in the presser yesterday about how they can't a lot of what they were doing was swinging the ball around the perimeter, waiting for something to happen. And Baylor did a really good job of taking away cutters uh, and just stagnating Texas on offense. Texas also missed a lot of guys that were open at the time. They did. I think Connor, I, there were times where I was counting when Connor Lambert was open from the baseline and open from the three in the corner. But Isaiah basically said that he and Javon can't be waiting for something to happen. They've got to go make something happen. And if this team wants to do well in these last couple of weeks, which is not going to be an easy thing to do. Well, yeah, when you play Kansas and Oklahoma to end up the year. It, I mean, so when, when, you, when you look at that loss, it, it, com- it coming at home was the biggest surprise. I mean, you know, when you play number 10 West Virginia at home, it's not like you can guarantee a win because I don't think the Irwin Center is the Irwin Center is not the fog or anything like that, which we'll get to. But you can't guarantee a win. But Texas has been really good at home lately. Yeah, they've been. They came into that game thirteen and one at home, three and zero against AP top twenty five teams. And that only loss was against UConn in their first game without Cam Ridley, which they should have won. Jacob, you were at that game. Would you agree that they should have won that game? Yeah. And it was just last night. In front of or yesterday afternoon, in front of a sellout crowd, they got they got punked on their home floor, 
And it's just not it's not a good look in late February when you're trying to make a, a postseason push. So now they've lost, I think, three out of their last four games. They go to Kansas State where they haven't won. They haven't done very well recently in Kansas State, so there's no way we're penciling that in as a, as a win. I mean, Oklahoma lost to Kansas exactly. State. Exactly. And then they come back. They play Oklahoma at home on Saturday. They play Kansas at home for senior night on Big Monday, 8 p.m. game. And then they finish on the road against Oklahoma State. Kansas State's a must win, right? Yeah. You got to split the final two games. Yeah, basically, you you need it um, not only record wise, but you need it for momentum. Because if you lose that game, you've lost now four or five. You're probably deflated. You you need some sort of you know emotional high to get you through Oklahoma and Kansas coming up. I mean, if they don't lo- if they don't beat Kansas State, then the scenario like you can envision a scenario where they're going into the tournament losing on just a. A, a really really down note after doing really well in january and it's just kind of staggering the the sort of the the turnaround that's happened over the past few weeks they didn't lose to oklahoma that badly it was a buzzer beater yeah, it was a it's like loss. it's just buddy healed doing buddy healed things iowa state they pretty much had a meltdown the final minutes well, they and, did this thing where they, they get hot from three and they keep shooting from three and then they get cold and then they lose games. Iowa State and Texas are the most dependent Big 12 teams on, on the, and that they depend, they depend on the three-point shot more than any other Big 12 team. And it bit Texas that day. The first time they played Iowa State, it didn't because I think they scored 90-something points and they were really good offensively. And that game, it... It was bad, and you saw it on, against Baylor. They, uh, they, they. I think were four of eighteen from three, and you know, if they they need to knock down at least forty percent of those threes to to beat teams, and they just didn't against Baylor. Um, well, they were also bad looks. Those threes that they shot yesterday weren't very good looks. Yeah, at all. there were there were a couple decent ones. I thought that could have maybe swung some things around, um, but yeah, for the most part, they were not very good. They knocked down. They did relatively well late in garbage time in the second half to make the score a little res- more respectable. I think Tevin Mack knocked down a really deep one, and I was like, you know, where was that? It was that? some Steph Curry-like stuff. It was like, it was. It felt like it was from an NBA hash mark for that three late. Um, and Eric Davis hit a three in the first half, when I, and I was thinking, oh, no, the fireball's uh, coming again, and it might spark well, their offense. Texas could have used that. And another thing, their freshmen weren't very good yesterday. Uh, their... The freshmen have each had their moments uh, against West Virginia. Davis went on his little tear, and then well, I mean Roach. that was a, that was probably one of the better nights they had, had together. I mean, they oh, scored yeah. around thirty points combined. Yeah, and then Roach and Mac hit some hit two uh, hit a few late game free throws that kind of sealed the deal. And uh, Mac had a really good game against Iowa State, and Roach was doing well in in January. Yesterday they were just bad, and Davis ended with. Davis ended up scoring in double digits, but he was like three of ten from the field. They, none of them were, were very good. Um, and for this team, to, I mean, those three are significant, have become significant parts of their rotation. And for them to be successful, they've got to provide something, a spark, whatever. I mean, you know, Kendall Yancey or Demarcus Holland isn't going to provide that same spark that the, that the three freshmen do just because of the energy those three bring. 
Yeah, but you still want Kendall Yancey over DeMarcus Holland, right? No, I was saying I wanted DeMarcus Holland over Kendall Yancey. Remember that? No, no. Uh, you saw... No. Oh, you mean... Well, yeah. Now, I, I, on I, on I second thought. Yeah, I can, thank you. I concede, but my, my thing is, before that Oklahoma game, did Kendall Yancey do anything... No. To make you he think didn't. he would be a factor offensively. No, he didn't, but neither did Demarcus Holland. Ugh. Whatever. You win. <laughs> That's that. You, I'll, you, I'll you, take that win. You, you That's can, all I want. You can put that in the in the win column. I'll mark it down right now. Anyway, so I, and just to sort of transition a little bit, playing it, getting their essentially butts kicked at home was surprising because they've been so good at home, but. I think we need to talk about the atmosphere that is Club Irwin. Uh, all, three, oh, no. all three of us are there most of the time. Uh, with sometimes one of us isn't for whatever reason, but all three of us are mostly there. We love the bits that Club Irwin has. There's so many of them, though. Where do you want to start with the bits? I was thinking the fan dance. The really? fan dance is oh, my. God, the fan dance is the worst. The fan dance is the worst. So for those of you that haven't been to a Texas basketball game, the fan dance is essentially the last media timeout of the second half, so which is around like four minutes to go. So it's late in the game. It's like they'll do this bit where they'll play some song like the Quan or the Nene or whatever, and a bunch of kids will run down onto the court and hit the Quan. They're as not, the, they're, as they're the, not as the hitting the Quan though, as the youth says. And it's, what are we eighty? And it's uh. And it's like, it's in it's late game. Like Texas could be up, but if they're up by like thirty, I don't care as much. But if you're locked into like a five point game and the pressure's mounting, I really don't want to see kids hitting the quan during yeah, the timeouts. I think, I think that was was great when they were playing UNC. They're they're in this close game with oh, I believe yeah. they were number two, number three at the time. It was North, three, three. I think yeah, was three. North Carolina was three. It's a close game, and here come a bunch of kids to hit the quan. Hit the quan on the middle of the court as you're playing this. Major game early in the season. It's just ridiculous. They didn't do it yesterday. Well, yeah, when they, they were, were losing down by twenty. They also didn't great. play on to the next one after the game. Yeah, because had, that song's for winners. They had the instrumental version of Truffle Butter, which I guess is this is a song for losers. If you want, if we want to do it that way, but that's a good point in that they'll also play the same music all the time. There's never any. Hey, you like, got to get the people going. There's never any like mix or shuffling or anything it's always they'll play the same three drake songs uh, what, what, what's wrong with these drake songs the, they're the worst that's what's wrong with them <laughs> it's what it's like list the, list all three it's jump man jump man trophies like? and uh sometimes they'll throw in draft day okay jump man which is the, i mean i mean jump man's okay no it's not jump man's solid i don't trophies, want trophies is just like him <laughs> rapping over some odd instrumental i don't want to hear future say nobu six times in a line those aren't <laughs> song lyrics for me i mean like you can't even understand future in general like once he like masters the english language he'll be perfectly future, fine future future has potential also another club Irwin bit is the numbers that they have retired oh, which man. we we need to get it oh, we need to get into this about... so they've got kevin durant okay slater martin okay and tj ford TJ Ford is the most disturbing out of all three of those. Yeah, which of these doesn't belong here? Kevin Durant, come on by. And it's... I've, I've never don't understood understand. why his jersey was retired. He was here for one year. And they made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And that was it. They lost to OJ Mayo-led USC. If we're going to do this bit, why haven't we retired the Marcus Aldridge's and Miles Turner's jerseys? I mean... If, if we're going to retire, the, if we're going to do this. I might as well. I mean... I get it to an extent. 
Kevin Durant's a big name. Kevin Durant's a top three NBA player, depending on who you're talking to. And Texas is like, yeah, we've had Kevin Durant once. If you don't remember, here's his number in the rafters. You see, it's like at least with Texas football, you can say, you know, here we have we had Vince Young for a while, you know, and, we can, and won a title won a, with him. Won a title with that. Colt and, McCoy got them to a title. Yeah, or, or they lost, but at least he got them to the game. You know they, what I mean? They, they lost to USC. Not even in the Sweet Sixteen. <sighs> I, yeah, the 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 club Irwin retired numbers bits needs to stop. Jacob, should they retire Miles Turner's number? I think they should, if we're retiring Kevin Durant's number. Maybe not yet. I mean, he Ooh, has not a... yet. We're not ruling it out then. <laughs> I mean, might as well. I mean, he has the potential to be a great NBA player, but I mean, that seems to be the case with it, Kevin, why they did it for Kevin Durant. Will they retire Javon Felix's number? Is he going to make it into the NBA? Doesn't matter. Are they, gonna, are they eventually going to retire Isaiah Taylor's number? Oh, no. Will they retire... I think they should retire Prince Ebay's number. Oh, no. <laughs> Since he's become a fan favorite in the span of a month. <laughs> and then he fell back to earth. And fell back to earth. <laughs> fell back to earth hard. Um, what else do we have? And Well, there's Pluckers updates. There's, the Pluckers there's updates. That's wings. your favorite. You oh, always my, the Pluckers That's my update. favorite. Hey, it, it's a good like indication of what Texas has to do to you know, give fans bit. five free wings. It's a good bit. Like 75 points. I knew they weren't going to score 75 points yesterday. <laughs> and they fell quite short of that. 11 points away. Uh, yeah, after garbage time. After garbage time. Um, and the crowd... So yesterday was the second sellout of the season. Uh, UNC was the first one. And it's just... Well, they finally over, got your support as, got, as, <laughs> as, as they, they constantly push on Twitter. Yeah, if you haven't followed the Texas basketball account, there's always random capital like capital letters. Which might be my favorite bit. It's, my, it's definitely my favorite bit. Uh and they'll always say we need more crowd noise when we're on defense, and the Might number well and defense just is all. Put Bevo in an Uncle Sam suit and <laughs> tell them we need your support. <laughs> yeah, and so the crowd was second straight sellout. Great, Oklahoma and Kansas will probably be sellouts too. But overall, the crowd has been as meh as possible, and part of the reason could be that Club Irwin is like a pro arena. And for a team that's a college basketball and seat team, sixteen thousand plus people, which is way too many people. the The NBA at uh, the NBA arena that seats the least people is the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans, according to my research that I did. Oh, look at you doing research! Did I do research, and uh, they it seats. Uh, did you just uh, type that into Google? Shh, my sources will remain will, will remain unnamed. <laughs> Who are you, Chris my, my sources say. My sources say that the the arena that seats the least people is the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans where the Pelicans play. And that seats 16,000 plus people. And it, it, they're a pro arena. That's cool. Club Irwin is not a pro arena. I get that Club Irwin has concerts and other stuff going on in it too. But Club Irwin is not... the 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 fact that they can't fill that place up because it's too big is ridiculous. I, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand club Irwin D- or, but do any of us really? No, no, no. It, it's just fun to go to sometimes just it to is, see the crazy things that happen there. People watching at club Irwin is pretty great. 
Um, and I'm sure it'll be great when Texas plays Oklahoma and Kansas. And I think I think there's my favorite, you know, sign that's been thrown up that says hashtag butt stuff 2016 by far, like the best thing. Is that who you're going to vote for for president? Um, absolutely. Good to know. Well, there's Nick's political <laughs> yeah. Uh, standing. Yeah, now you know. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, with some high quality, high quality, high basketball quality, club Irwin Some great basketball club. You think Irwin Kanye talk. would consider this gospel? I think Kanye should put this on his SoundCloud. Okay. I think Kanye should put this track on his album. Okay. Instead of ultralight beams, just us <laughs> ranting about Club Irwin and, and Texas losing to Baylor. But we will be back next week, surely with a ton more to talk about. Probably not as much Club Irwin talk. But as usual, you can follow The Daily Texan on Twitter at The Daily Texan. And you can follow our sports account on Twitter. That's at Texan Sports. And, of course, our podcast account at Texan Podcast. So thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next week. This podcast was produced by The Daily Texan. Anchors were Akshay Merchandani, Nick Castillo, and Jacob Martella. The music was by Jazar. Be sure to check back next week for more Texan Overtime. And as always, be sure to check out dailytextsonline.com.